We pray, come Holy Spirit, pour your grace and your mercy upon us, Lord, and we give you permission to do whatever you desire. We pray that you would make our minds and hearts and souls a fertile soil of the gospel, that your word may bear great fruit in our lives. Lord, illuminate these scriptures for us, convict and console our hearts, speak for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Lord, will only a few be saved? This question that they put before Jesus today in the gospel and and Jesus' answer, strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I tell you, will attempt to enter will not be strong enough. Read that and like, it's our, our word of encouragement for the week, right? Like, Sounds really exciting, Lord. What is what is Lord speaking about here tonight? And this can can cause us this initial reading, right? Like, ah, oh, the narrow gate. Like, look at myself and like, I don't know about, about the narrow gate, Lord. I'd like a wide one, you know? Like a wide one. And and it can cause us to have a couple of different temptations here. The first is to begin to despair. Like, well, if the gate, is, the gate is narrow, then how, like, how, Lord, am I going to make it? I know myself, I know my sin, I know my imperfection. This is difficult. We begin to despair of the Lord's grace and his mercy. And then the second temptation can be, well, no, it's all on me, right? The Lord says, strive, so I just have to, like, put it all on my back. And I got to press in, and it's about, like, earning my way to heaven, which, again, is, is not from the Lord. Both of these deny the reality and the necessity of God's grace. God gives us grace. What is grace, right? Grace is not like a spiritual uh, gas station. Grace is God's life. It's the life of God. And that through faith, through the grace of the sacraments, we cooperate with the Lord in, in doing what he asks of us. Then we open ourselves to receive Grace that God just gives and gives and gives. And it's us to put ourselves in that position to receive it from him. Primarily through the sacraments, right? Through faith in the Lord, through loving our neighbors. And so, this, this, again, this narrow gate. I mean, there's other aspects in the gospel where Jesus is saying something difficult about salvation. And his disciples ask him. Like, Lord, if this is true, then like who can be saved? Like, serious. If this is true, Lord, then who can be saved? And Jesus says, for men, right, for people, it is impossible. But for God, all things are possible. Through grace, right? That's where we're saved through grace, through the grace of God. So it's not about us trying to, to earn it. We do have to cooperate. And the Lord tells us to strive, and we have to cooperate with his grace. But it is by the grace of God, and God desires it. We need to believe this. Do you believe, not just in your head, but in the depths of your hearts, that God desires your salvation? That God longs for it. That he literally died for it. 
I mean, that is the heart of God. That there's no aspect of us that we need to convince the Lord like, hey, pretty please, if you're having a good day, have mercy on me, right? This is the Lord's heart. He's begging us to receive his mercy. He's begging us to turn, turn away, right? Turn from sin and to turn towards him and this longing, this grace. Now, this gospel makes clear the reality of, of heaven and hell. Like, it just, it does, right? Whether we like talking about that or not, it's just clear. And so it's, you can't read the gospel honestly and say that, like, heaven and hell don't exist. So the question for us can be, why, if the Lord is so loving and so merciful, does hell even exist? If you've never asked that question, then you, you probably should. Like, so we're going to ask it tonight. Why? And the answer is, hell exists because of love. And you're like, what? That don't make sense, Father. You're crazy. But it's the truth. Because God created us to be loved and to love him in return. Like, we're made for that. The only creatures in the cosmos, right, who have this ability to love. And this ability to love is dependent upon the fact that we have free will. Because love is ultimately a choice. It's ultimately a decision. That it's not some emotion fundamentally or that's associated with it. It's not something that just happens, right? That real love, sacrificial love is I choose you. I choose to give myself to and for you. So for love to be possible, free will has to be present. Now... A consequence of free will being present is that we can choose not to love. We can choose sin. God gave us free will for one purpose, to choose love, to choose the good. But the consequence of being able to choose the good is that I can say no. I can give in to my selfish desires and choose sin. And as as St. Paul tells us, right, like the wages of sin is death and ultimately eternal death. So like that's, that's the reality. The catechism, when it speaks about hell, says this, that hell is, and this is a key, like if you hear anything, hear this. It's the definitive self-exclusion from eternal communion with God. You get that? I choose it. I choose it. I choose it through sin, and then I choose it through not saying yes to the Lord's mercy, through not turning away from sin and turning to him. It's free gift. God chooses heaven for me, but he will never force it upon me. He will never force it upon me. But he beckons and calls and he yearns. And the prodigal son, right, he's the father waiting and waiting and waiting for us to return. And as we return, he runs out to us. But he will never take away our free will. And again, we, we have that, that reality that's present. But St. Paul tells us clearly God desires that all people be saved. That's the truth of the cross. We just see it. The Lord offering his life for us. And so, then Jesus is saying, right, narrow gate. Like strive to enter the narrow gate. What is the narrow gate? It's a life of discipleship. It's saying yes to the Lord and following him as the Lord of our life. And if you've paid attention, like if we read the Gospels and pray, you pay attention, following Jesus the Lord gives us mercy and grace and peace and joy like we can't imagine. It's beautiful, but also it's difficult, right? Because like we're, we struggle with our fallen human nature. 
And so the, how the Lord calls us to live in, in chastity, how the Lord calls us to forgive our enemies. Come on, Jesus. You know, you're crazy. But the Lord calls us to love as he loved, in a particular way to love the poor. I mean, the life of discipleship is difficult. It's challenging. It's demanding. It is the narrow way. But it is the way that God created for us. He made us for that. He made us for love. And part of the thing that is difficult is because we struggle with the effects of original sin, right? Our desires are twisted. But the Lord meets us in this mercy. And as we surrender our lives to him, as we begin to follow him more and more, then the fruits of the Holy Spirit come alive in us. And the three main fruits of the Holy Spirit are this, peace and love and joy. To live the life of Christ, part of it is the fruits of the Holy Spirit in our lives, peace, love, joy. Now, I, all of us, every decision that we make every single day of our lives, that ultimately, like, if you uncover all the reasons why we do it, they're really just for peace and love and joy. That's what I'm looking for. Even if I make dumb decisions, that essentially that's kind of what I'm looking for, right? Just looking in the wrong direction for it. And so if we want this, like, then it is like, okay, Lord, they take me on the narrow way. Following him, which is challenging and demanding, but I don't do it on my own power. It is full of the grace of God, and it produces within me the fruits of the Spirit and opens up eternal life, the divine life of God in my heart and soul. Now, again, as I was praying through this years back, I'm like, Lord, again, hey, that sounds great, grace, forgiveness, all that stuff, but narrow? And I'm asking the question that we all ask, right, like, where's the line, you know? Hey, I know this, but tell me where the line is. I'm like, Lord, so how narrow are we talking? Now, you know, I'm not going to put this out there as like definitive revelation, right? This is the Lord. And I'm always like, Lord, seriously, how narrow? He's like, not quite six feet. Not quite six feet. I wasn't really expecting an answer like that. No, it's good. Like, not quite six feet is better than one or two. You know, a little bit of space there. Like, what do you mean not quite six feet? I felt the Lord, like, direct me to the crucifix. It's this wide. As wide as my arms spread on the cross. An infinite amount of mercy if we choose it. Infinite amount of mercy if we choose it. If we continue to run to him. It is a narrow way. The life of discipleship is a narrow way. Wide is the path that leads away from Christ. There are, there are a million different ways to do that. But the life of discipleship, there is a narrow way, but it is infinite in mercy. We say yes to the Lord. And that's it, like turning away from sin, coming to him. And, and one of the main aspects of this is the sacrament of reconciliation. Like, be not afraid. This place of encounter with the Lord's mercy turning from him, and something that we can't do on our own, again, with God's grace and in the communion of each other. We need to support each other along the way and be praying, be praying for the grace to be a witness and to speak Christ to others, to speak the gospel to others that they might know salvation. 
that they might say yes to following Christ in the life of discipleship on a way that yes is narrow, but is wide with his mercy, wide with his grace. So when we read today's gospel, let us avoid the temptation of despair, like, oh my gosh, I can't do that. Of course we can on our own. But with God, all things are possible. With his grace, God desires this for us. Let us also not fall into temptation to think, I just got to do it all by myself. We do have to strive. We do have to cooperate with his grace. We do have to persevere. But it is, it is with God moving within us. God's grace moves us first and foremost. And as we choose this way with him, then the fruits of the Holy Spirit will more and more be born in our lives. The peace, and the love, and the joy that only Christ can give, and ultimately, eternal life.